answers, that sort of thing. I'm not planning on doing that this morning. Um, we have something to look at, but maybe there is someone you, you'd say, I have uh, something that's been a help to me or encouragement to me, maybe from a message recently that you heard or from your Bible reading or devotional time, anything like that. I was just wondering, wanted to give the opportunity for someone to share something that's uh, maybe been a help or an encouragement, something that uh, you've been thinking about. Anyone? All right, then you can turn in your Bibles, if you would, to the book of John chapter 13. And I will actually have some questions for you. Uh, this morning. John chapter 13 and verse 34. This is that part of John where uh, many, many chapters actually cover just the few days between Jesus's uh, coming in, uh, of course, to Jerusalem and that last week where he uh, goes uh, ultimately to Gethsemane and is arrested and falsely, falsely tried and, of course, crucified. And much of the book of of John covers this period of time. And so in John chapter 13 and verse 34, we're getting very close to um, what's going to take place with the crucifixion and all of that. Anyways, he says this in, in verse 34, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Jesus makes a profound statement. First of all, it's a commandment. I want you to love each other when I leave, right? Um, The way I have loved you. So as I have loved you, I want you to love each other. And then he he says this. In fact, this is going to be a defining characteristic of you, identifying with me. In that how you love each other or that you do love each other, they're going to know that you are followers of me, that you're my disciple. So I have loved you. You need to love each other that way. And by the way, this is how people are going to know that you are my disciples. Well, the New Testament emphasizes this a great deal. In fact, even going back to the Old Testament, uh, individuals came to Jesus and asked him, what is the greatest law? And he said, it's to love the Lord with all thy heart and thy mind and and, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. And so he says, upon this this is the nub, this is the heart of the entire law. It's to love God and, and love one another. But we are to love, we're to obey the law of Christ, which is at the very heart to love. But it's not always simple to put love into action. It's easier said than done in, in many cases. And uh, I'll use a quick, a quick story about this. Uh, that, that just was profound in my life. My, I was in college. I was a college student. And uh, my older brother came to me one day and he said, would you like a few boxes of chocolate-covered cherries? Well, my brother didn't usually offer such generous gifts to me. This was unusual. I, of course, I said, yes, I was a college student. I didn't particularly care about the nutritional value. Uh, they tasted good. And so I took, and he gave me three or four boxes, full boxes of chocolate-covered cherries about that time, I took the time to ask him why he was giving me four boxes of chocolate-covered cherries. 
Well, he was in a relationship with his girlfriend and um, now his wife, and uh, he had been giving her these boxes of cherries. And evidently, every time he would give her one, she would be delighted and happy and, you know, receive them with with all grace. But eventually, as he kept giving her boxes of chocolate-covered cherries, I guess she decided finally to tell him that she does not like chocolate-covered cherries. (laughs) The, The thought... She appreciated the, the thought. She appreciated uh, the care that went into it, but, but it, it really wasn't a great way of showing her love. Now, what would happen if my brother kept buying her boxes of chocolate-covered cherries? At some point, it would have gone from, hey, I can tell you care about me and you're you know, showing affection to, at this point, you're just, you know, I don't know. I, I think it would have sent a different message. Is that make sense that I catch on to that the right way. Okay. Well, in different places, different people, you, you, you express love in different ways. Um, I express Christ-like love to my friends, you know, playing football differently than I do to my children. You know, I don't do chest bumps in the air with them or trip them or punch them or do those sorts of things. Uh, quite the same way I used to do that with my, my brother's. In some cultures, to really show that you're paying attention and you like someone and you're, you're, you're connecting with them, you stand really, really, really close to them. I haven't been outside of America, but I understand in some Asian countries and some cultures like that, even in South America, uh, you want to be aware that sometimes they have a little different way of, of communicating and connecting. In some cultures, uh, you stand far away. If, if you really get too close, that's, you know, that's... It's my space, and there's a bubble in all of this. Um, in some cultures, I guess, you greet one another with a kiss, like on the cheek. I've seen this take place. That wasn't how I grew up exactly. I mean, in my family, but but uh, but uh, typically when I meet someone, I shake hands. Some places you bow as you greet one another. That's how you show respect. Uh, in some houses you enter, it's very, very important that you take off your shoes and in some places you enter, they don't care if you take off your shoes at all. And so it's worth asking or looking for a little sign that says whatever you're supposed to do as you enter into a new house to try to sort that all out. And so depending on the family you're from or uh, your background or your culture, how you communicate that you care about someone, that you're there for them, that you wish them well, may look a little bit different, how you help them. So putting love in action, Jesus says, as I have loved you. In this chapter, in chapter 13, what he has just done, for example, is he has washed their feet. They had evidently come into the, you know, this gathering and they had uh, been in this, uh, had this meal and all of this had taken place. And it's now that Jesus takes the time to wash their feet. And I understand in that culture that wasn't, that was a job that very lowly people did. It wasn't something that you'd expect someone respected to have to do. And here Jesus serves them and washes their feet, and it was done to teach them about love. It was to teach them about service. Of course, ultimately, Jesus would give his life on the cross. That was how he ultimately showed his love. So we're to love one another the way Christ loved us. We can't die on the cross in a spiritual sense and take other people's sin upon ourselves, but we are to love other people. We are supposed to show the love of Christ. Well, I thought one way that I think is helpful uh, to to maybe look at how Jesus loved his disciples is to borrow 
borrow a framework that was articulated by Dr. Gary Chapman. He wrote a book years ago. He's in his 80s now. He's an older older man, but he wrote a book called The Five Love Languages. And uh, he, he argued that there are different ways to speak love to different people. And, and he talked about there being five of them, uh, words, time, gifts, service, and touch. He said, you can communicate love this way. And what he said is that some people prefer certain ways more than others. Some people really resonate to maybe getting a gift or, or a, a kind word or, or perhaps a hug at a time when you need it. And he said there are different ways to show love, and he argued that different people have different ways of doing that. I'm not a psychologist. I don't know about all of that part of it. I don't know what, if you have a love language or I do, I'm not really sure about all of that. But I do think it can be a helpful way to, to look and see how Jesus showed love and how we find love um, communicated in different ways throughout uh, the Bible and especially throughout the Gospels. And so let's look at those for a moment, if you would, and maybe you can help me think of how this might have been shown or communicated in, in the life of Christ. First of all, let's look at words, and Gary Chapman talks about them being words of affirmation. Well, the Bible does talk a lot about words. <clears throat> it talks a lot about the tongue. In fact, Solomon said in Proverbs 18 and verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. He's, he's advocating here that you really pay attention to the power of words, the types of things that you say. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. When we think about Jesus. We think about his words. Uh, we know that Jesus' words had authority. Uh, he spoke as authority. He communicated very important truths about, about the kingdom, spiritual truths through his parables. But when you think about how Jesus talked to people, I don't know what comes to mind. I think of the woman at the well. I think about Jesus saying to this woman, you know, give me to drink. And she says, well, you're a Jew. Why in the world are you even talking to me? Want me to give you drink? And he said, well, um, and he got into a conversation with her and addressed her needs in a very special way and said, I would like to offer, I can offer, uh, offer water that you'll never thirst again. And, and he was kind to her. He spoke to her. There was a woman taken in adultery who was brought before him, a very scandalous situation. And of course, you are familiar with the story, I, I think. But uh, at the end, he said, um, neither do I con condemn thee. Go and sin no more. He used words to show love to her. The very powerful. I don't think she ever forgot what Jesus said to her. Peter failed miserably. So he he, of course, at, you know, he said, I'm not going to deny you, Lord. You say that we're all going to deny you. I will never deny you. It's never going to happen. It's impossible. You know me, and uh, I never make any mistakes. And, uh, of course, you have what's going to take place here. We have the crucifixion. We have all of this, and Peter's going to deny him three times. And do you remember what happens later? At the end of John, we, we see where Jesus comes to Peter specifically. He says, Peter, Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Well, feed my lambs. And he says that three times. I don't know. Uh, Jesus had something there when he's talking to Peter that was going to encourage him to, to know that he was loved by the Lord, that he did love the Lord, and that he could live that out now uh, as an apostle. And we think of other times Jesus taught about words that, that, that meant, meant love to the people he spoke to. Um, uh, or in the Bible where we see where, where love was, 
was communicated through words in a way where someone needed an encouraging word. Someone needed a word that was kind. Maybe even love, sometimes you speak the truth in love, sometimes it's you know, the, great, the, the faithful are the wounds of a friend. Um, can anyone think of example and of another example when Jesus maybe used words to encourage or show love? Anyone? Jeff. Hmm. So on the cross, he uh, in the in the earshot of all of those around him, the Romans, the Jews, those who were surrounding, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You think anyone remembered that statement? Um, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. And in contrast to maybe the system of the day where you had to meet all of these standards to really be ex- spiritually acceptable. Um, I have not chosen, uh, you have not chosen me, I've chosen you. Yeah, anyone else? Gary. Hmm. Yeah. Zacchaeus was looked, I was about to say he was looked down by everybody, but in that case, he was up in a tree. Um, but Jesus looks up to him, but he says, he speaks to him. Yeah, he takes the time to speak to to Zacchaeus. That's, that is, that's, that's powerful. The way Jesus interacted with people, there's a lot of lessons there. Don? Yeah, that's interesting that he would take the time to ask her, where are your accusers? Well, I guess they're all gone. Yeah, that's neat. Leslie? That's not the point to just burn up everybody. Yeah, that's good. What spirit? You don't you don't know what spirit you're acting acting out of. Yeah. So so words. Jesus used words to to speak to a very deep need that that people had. And um, what does Proverbs say? A word fitly spoken, right? Is as apples of gold and pictures of silver. Um, and to be able to use our words in a way that that builds or helps or leads people to Christ uh, is a powerful thing, and I wonder if the disciples needed to learn that. Love, love others as I have loved you, and uh, one of the ways they were going to do that is by being careful about what they said and making sure it led others uh, to the Lord <clears throat> and, um, and helped them. Well, what, so, so words of affirmation, 
um, words that that are spoken to lead and encourage and edify and uh, maybe even uh, show love that I love you through words. Uh, we've, I think, maybe heard the story about the the old guy, right, <clears throat> who uh, got married and um, his wife wanted more affection from him. And, and he said, I told you I loved you when we got married. If that ever changes, I'll let you know. But uh, I really appreciate words. Um, and uh, I appreciate it. Um, my, my, my dad, um, not that long ago, sent me a text me- message that was an encouragement to me. And um, it really does mean a lot a lot to me. I'm still going to try to do what's right and all of that without any words of encouragement, but uh, especially if you're close to someone, um, you have the opportunity to love them through words. Um, How about time? Time. Well, Luke chapter 11, uh, when when Jesus is teaching the disciples about... um, how to pray, I think, has a interesting beginning. So Luke chapter 11, verse 1, it says, and this follows the Mary and Martha story, um, but he says in chapter 11, verse 1, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Jesus is praying in a certain place, and he evidently would often do this, retreat into a quiet place, and he would take his disciples with him. Sometimes he would send them on a boat to go across the Sea of Galilee, but he would take the disciples with them, not only in the times of ministry around all the people, but, you know, and so Jesus is in a certain place, and he's praying, and he's just praying, And, and one of the disciples says, after he's done, hey, would you teach us to pray? John taught his disciples, would you teach us to pray? But isn't that interesting that Jesus lived life with the disciples? And I don't know what every moment of every day looked like. I don't know how they washed their clothes or how they ate every day or how they bathed or how they you know, planned their weeks, but he lived them with the disciples. He spent that time with them. It was a short amount of time. It wasn't decades, but he spent you know, there's there's such a thing as spending time and then spending time. And he just lived life with them. And I'm sure they learned a lot from him just by watching uh, as he as he did that. Were there any other times where Jesus spent time with someone? When Jesus maybe had other things to do? <clears throat> did Jesus ever take, show love through through time? Any thoughts on that? interesting there was a seminary i heard that did a experiment and the experiment was that they were going to take seminary students so these are men uh, largely who are studying to be pastors and the assignment they gave all of them was to do a talk to do a lesson on the good samaritan we know the good samaritan right where the priest and the levite pass by on one side and the good samaritan is beaten and bloody and uh, the, the the person who I'm sorry, not the Good Samaritan isn't beaten and bloody, but there is a man, a Jew, who's beaten and bloody, and it's the, it's the Samaritan who actually comes and helps him. 
And uh, so they did this experiment and they, they wanted these, all of these different uh, people in training to be pastors to, uh, to give this talk. And then they did a setup. They put a guy, I think, with a flat tire or something like that in the way they knew where these students would have to travel to get to the call where they were going to give their, their lesson. And so they wanted to see who would stop on their way to give a lesson on the Good Samaritan, who would take time to help this person who had a need. And uh, it was interesting enough when they, when they did the study, um, for some of the students, they rushed them. They told them, you have to be here at a certain time. They made sure it was a very time-constrained thing. And, uh, and some of the students, they gave them all the time they would need. And the number of people who took the time to stop to help them was based almost entirely on how much time they had if they were rushed or, or weren't rushed. And uh, sometimes I think we have life where we're so rushed with things that are on our mind and on our heart that we don't take the moments to, 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 to stop. And I think, as you mentioned, Jesus spending time with Mary, I'm sure there's, you know, there's the meal to, to prepare. There's all these things to do. The list doesn't really end. Now, when you retire, I've heard everything just gets super slow and calm. Uh, the doctors don't want you to come in ever. Uh, if they do, the appointment's like that. You're in and out. You don't have to drive very far. Uh, the grandkids never have any needs, uh, you know. No, from what I understand, life just has this habit of just continuing to stay busy and full, um, but taking time. Anyone else? Anything else? Corey. Oh, the, yeah, when he's 12. Yeah, yeah, got caught up in. Do they use that story as an excuse to? Yes. No, I think that's good. I think that's helpful. Don. No, that's that's great. Someone made the statement, um, treat one person like you wish you could treat everyone. We don't have time to spend all the time we'd want with everyone, but we can with one person. We can with people in our lives, and sometimes we're so hurried we, we neglect that. Yeah, yeah, plenty to do, but not so hurried. He couldn't talk to those who um, maybe other people would overlook. Yeah, that's good. Um, he's in the garden, and he says to his disciples, what, couldn't you watch and pray with me one hour? And uh, the disciples kept falling asleep. And, um, and so I think, yeah, there's something about something about time. I, I think of different times um, growing up. I think about my dad. He would take me to trumpet lessons, and trumpet lessons were 45 minutes away, so I'd go every other week uh, for that period of time. And uh, we didn't talk a lot. My dad's pretty quiet. I, I can be pretty quiet. 
Um, but I, I look back at those times with, with fond memories. I don't really remember any conversations particularly that we had. But he took the time, I know he was a busy guy, uh, to drive me to my, my trumpet lessons and take 45 minutes, sit there while I had my trumpet lesson, or I don't know what he did, go to the cheese shop. It's in Wisconsin. There were cheese shops everywhere. <laughs> and then drive me home. And uh, so I um, appreciate, appreciate that. Uh, sh- so showing time. We don't have a lot of time, uh, ironically, but uh, we'll continue here. Um, gifts. So gifts is another way of showing love. Can anyone help me think about gifts in the life of Christ? Adam? The wise men did. Yeah, they brought, there was great significance to those gifts, weren't there? We don't know what happened to those gifts, but I think they had a lot of meaning. Um, we certainly have it recorded in the scripture uh, with the level of detail that we do. So the wise men showed love and worship by giving. Anything else? Mm. So Judas said, this it's a waste to give this gift, right? It should be sold and money could be given to the poor. He had ulterior motives. But that was the statement. But a very expensive bottle of perfume um, was given to Jesus, poured out in preparation for his his burial in a in a in a way um yeah absolutely any other ways love care is showed through gifts i know some people have a place a bigger premium on gifts than others um and it might be a stage of life thing you know when you are on the side of the road and um out of gas and someone comes by with a gas can, then that, that, that gift of gas or whatever is really, really important. And maybe other times you need it less. But um, yeah, giving gifts and, and receiving gifts, uh, the way um, uh, uh, Gary Chapman talks about it is receiving gifts. And so you can show love by giving and receiving gifts. It's a way uh, to show care for, for each other. Um, let's um, move on to acts of service. Acts of service, of course, we probably shouldn't uh, forget about John three sixteen, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so even on Christmas, we kind of celebrate that. Acts of service, so service. So these are doing things for others that they may have difficulty or little time to do for themselves. Acts of service. And um, I guess just this is tied maybe the most closely to what Jesus is saying in, in uh, John chapter 13. This is when he washes their feet. And then he says, love others as I have loved you. And um, it, it's something that Jesus took the time to do, a lowly thing that he took the time to do for the disciples. And uh, and that's really the premise behind it. Are there other times when, when uh, in the life of Christ, when this is reflected, this idea of doing something for someone else or Jesus doing something for someone else or someone doing something for Jesus? that has to do with this service? Bob? The the disciples say, hey, these people are hungry. They need to go home. And Jesus says, give them to eat. And he feeds them. Yeah. Josh? Hmm. He must increase, I must decrease. John preparing the way for someone else and, uh, and, and, and 
opening that, that pathway for the Lord. That's good. Any, anyone else? So John the Baptist baptizing, yep, yep. He was a unique ministry of, of service and, and, and interacting with, with others, many, many others, and calling them to repentance, baptizing them. Yep, absolutely. Um, so there, there's lots of ways <clears throat> that we could look to as we think about the Gospels of how Jesus served. Um, let's move on to the, to the fifth here and, and look at touch, physical touch. Obviously, there's an appropriate way to touch and, and inappropriate ways. Um, but, but he said there's, there's a way that we as people can show love to one another. And um, one of the ways is, is through being there with one another. A hug. Sometimes people need a hug. Um, and uh, do we have examples uh, of of Jesus showing love through through touch in a way that maybe communicated love in a unique way, in a special way? Anyone? Miss Amy. When he healed people, he often touched them, didn't he? He didn't just wave his hands over the crowd and say, you're all healed. But it seemed like he always healed people on an individual basis. And he even healed a leper. Now, if I was going to heal a leper, I think I'd stand really far back, right? (laughs) Be healed. And then go to the priest. And when he clears you, then come talk to me. But uh, no, he did touch the leper, didn't he? He did touch the leper. Um, Lazarus and the blind man. So, Brother Randy Dignan talked about talked about the uh, uh, the deaf man, right? The deaf man, and the he spit and put the stuff in his ears. I don't know if I recommend doing it exactly that way. If you talk to someone, but uh, that does go to show that he touched, that he did. He 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 took a child and said, "This is like the the kingdom of heaven." He touched the leper. He he. Um, he spent that time that he did with with the with his disciples. He takes Peter by the hand, and uh, he was a real real person. In fact, <clears throat> it will be after the resurrection when he appears to the disciples, and and they get to see him, but Thomas doesn't. And Thomas says, "You know, to really to really put this all together in my head, I need to touch. I need to put my finger in the." The, the side and 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 I need I need to I need to touch him, and so Jesus appears to t- to Thomas and and he allows Thomas to to touch him. I'm I'm real Thomas, and uh, this has happened and uh, and so he shows love uh, even that way. So so we can show love through words, and for some people or at least at some times in our life, that is the way. A, a good word, uh, the right maybe a note, the right uh, question to ask in in a way that isn't meant. I mean, you need to speak with authority and say the truth in love, but maybe in a way that's not meant to just condemn or pull down. But I, someone needs a bit of encouragement. I think Mark Twain said, I can live off two months off of a good, good compliment or something like that. And as long as it's not flattery and it's meant to encourage, um, you can show love that way. Um, and we can also tear down with our words. Time, taking the time out of a busy day, out of a busy year, out of a busy month, and, and taking time to get away. Maybe a, 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 that's when you have a date night or, or take time with your, your children uh, on an individual basis or uh, with someone at work 
and just taking a moment to, to spend unhurried time with them. Receiving gifts or giving gifts, the 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 chocolate-covered cherries, I suppose, but uh, but taking the time to observe or notice what might be a need or what might be an encouragement and uh, and meeting that need. Acts of service, the washing of the feet, uh, taking the time to do something for someone that maybe they're in a busy too busy to do or it's difficult at this stage in their life for them to do, but just being aware and meeting that need or even physical touch when someone does need a hug or a pat on the back um, or you show up at a at a funeral or at at whatever situation that might be, to be there, uh, to let someone know they're there, and to show love. Lots of ways to show love. It's worth learning to love well, because Jesus says, this is it. They'll know you're my disciples by the love you have one for another. As I have loved you, so love one another. Let's pray, and then we'll be dismissed. Father, we are thankful for your word, and we're thankful for the love you showed us that you loved us so much, you gave your only begotten Son. And you gave him not only to just appear and die and rise again, but he lived among us. And he uh, healed the sick and he uh, preached salvation to the to the brokenhearted and he taught and um, spent the time necessary with his disciples that um, when when the ascension took place and the Holy Spirit came and and filled and worked that uh, this, these disciples were able to show your love through uh, their ministries. And Lord, help us to continue to, to show your love through the way we live. Give us the wisdom we know to how to love the people, especially those around us, uh, our neighbors, our family members, how to, how to give them the love they need. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. You're dismissed.